It's time for episode 475 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, November 2nd, 2022. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where we never fall back, never surrender. My name is Dan Morin, and I am joined across the internet by my good friend, my pal, my dungeon buddy. It is the one and only Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? You know, I was doing well, and then you said that we don't do trust falls here, so now I'm kind of uh, worried that uh, there's no trust among us. I, I, I once dropped a friend on a trust fall, but that's a story for a different time. <laughs> It wasn't me, folks. Yeah, we're still friends. It's fine. Uh, Well, this is, of course, the show where we talk uh, four tech topics with two fantastic guests to my left this week. Uh, You know her as a senior dev advocate at GitHub and the co-host of Rocket right here in Relay FM. It's Christina Warren. Welcome back, Christina. Hey, glad to be here. And to my left, a video game industry veteran of 40 years. You may know him. It's Shahid Kamal Ahmad. Welcome back to the show. Uh, it's always such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Well, I'm going to kick things off today, and I promise this is not a question about Twitter. You will get to that later in the <laughs> show. But I want to know, is there a service or product that you find you just can't quit? Maybe it's something that just takes too much time investment to switch away from, or just nothing else better has come along. Christina, is there anything you just can't let go of? Okay, so... I, if you'd asked me this a year ago, I would have said cable, uh, but I did actually cut the cord finally because the, 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 <gasps> the amount of money I was paying was dumb. And so I have YouTube TV instead, but I guess that would actually kind of count like broadcast TV, cable sort of thing, even though I never watch it and I'm not really part of it like at all, um, uh, is one of those things that for whatever reason, I feel weird not having it around because for those, couple of times a year that I need to tune into something happening live, it's annoying enough to not have it that I feel like I need it. So for, for me, I guess it's like broadcast television. I, I, I can't give it up, even though 99.99% of the content I watch is coming off of streaming platforms, whether it's you know HBO Max or whatever it's going to be called, or Netflix or Hulu or you know Apple TV+. Mine is decidedly non-techy, but it's still a service. And so uh, when I first moved here, I subscribed to one of those water delivery services. <laughs> and I uh, then finally got around to installing the reverse osmosis machine that I had. I just didn't have time to set it up within like the first few months of, of moving here to California. Uh, finally did, but I did not cancel the water delivery subscription. And so I have now become a doomsday prepper who (laughs) is just stocking bottles on bottles of water, Um, which every time I go to think about canceling it, I'm like, yeah, you know, but there could come someday where all of these, I don't know what they are, multi-gallon bottles of water would come in handy. And I also uh, have like the, the dispenser that needs to be sent back. But then I'm like, I don't know exactly how that process works and what I need to do first. And I have not taken the time to look it up. So I am just stuck with uh, them sending me new bottles every, every, I don't know, three weeks or something like that. 
and it's becoming a problem and I don't know what to do about it and I don't know how to handle it. And Dan, you're really making me confronted today and I, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Let's move on. Shahid, what, what, what's your answer? All of them. Every single one. I subscribe to all of it uh, every day, every month, every week, and I can't quit any of them. I've tried and um, I, I've succeeded a couple of times only to re-enroll. I mean, where do I even start? Notion, okay. Um, I could use a free tier, not not going to because it's good enough. Fastmail, haven't needed Fastmail for the last three years. Still subscribing to that, can't be bothered. Plus my old email database is in there. Um, Amazon Prime, Netflix, Setup, Google for 100 megs or 100 gigs. What does it even matter anymore? A storage that I'm not using because I'm on the iPhone, but I keep going on anyway because it's only £1.79. £38 I give to Apple every month. Amazon Business, an Android SIM. Um, Simplecast, yes. So I did finally retire my podcast because there's absolutely no point in continuing that. But if I have to pick, I mean, there there are plenty more. Xbox um, Game Pass Ultimate, which is like 11, 12 quid a month, which I barely use. Uh, The PlayStation Plus service, which has many tiers, which I still use. But for me, the, the guilty pleasure is YouTube because the only reason I spend... £18 a month, which will shortly be going up to £20 a month. Uh, that's about $3 nowadays, given how badly our economy is tanked. <laughs> um, um, is, it's going up to £20 a month, but it gets me to watch YouTube without ads. More importantly, my family would uh, overthrow me, <laughs> I think, if I were to get rid of that family plan. So YouTube's my guilty pleasure because it means I don't have to watch ads. But £20 a month just not watch ads seems to be rather expensive. Uh, you touched on mine, which is uh, I realized the other day as I ran into a problem with my mail account that I use iCloud Mail as my predominant mail. And, you know, again, it's free mostly. And I've been using it for so long. I still use my Mac.com address because that's how that's how Fancy. old I roll. Um, yeah, that's right. But I, you know, I can't I can't get away from it. I have like so many thousands of messages just uh stored there that i and i feel like every time it's like oh there's surely there's better there's better mail services out there and i know there are but i you know the idea of moving all that stuff over or somehow wiping it clean or even just like trying to give everybody my new address it's just exhausting plus i do really enjoy having the simplicity of a like an email address where it's really easy to spell like mac.com um but i do you know i i realize it's you know maybe not the best option that's out there and i just i feel a little guilty maybe not maybe i'm not a good nerd i don't know anyways thank you all for your thoughts on that one uh let's go to our second topic which comes from christina yeah all right so uh it, it, as promised now we are actually going to talk about twitter a little bit so a lot of us i think all of us on this panel are going to have to face the decision about whether or not we want to pay for our blue check marks um which is a prospect for that even for those of us who you know, will admit that they'll pay for it. Like, like me, it's really, really cringe, but there is like kind of this fact of of human behavior where we've all spent money on things that I think we could probably relate to status, whether, you know, it's, it's name brand shoes or like the latest Apple product. So I want to know what is the most cringe thing that you've spent money on that's status related? I would say that there were times in the past, especially uh, before I have a job, before I had a job that would just you know, buy the latest device for me, where I was stretching my budget pretty thin to make sure that I had the latest iPhone or the latest Apple Watch when it was something that I didn't really need, uh, but would have anyway. Outside of that, I think, Christina, the other day, whenever you were tweeting about it, the other uh, area that I, I feel is pretty 
uh, true would be having uh, custom domains. I have mm-hmm. a lot of custom domains, and there is some level of vanity to that, uh, sort of like the the license plate thing. Uh, that is one place, license plates. They haven't gotten me there yet. Uh, but the vanity of, of a bunch of different custom domains and using those as my email address if I need to certainly has some level of, of vanity tied to it. But yeah, I, I'm going to go mostly with um, back in the day spending way too much money on phones and and watches that I really didn't have the money for, but because I needed to have the latest and greatest. Uh, What about you, Shahid? My life has been cringe, (laughs) entirely cringe, and I make absolutely no apology for it whatsoever. 2002, I bought a 900-pound Oswald Wateng copper bronze two-piece suit, which is absolutely amazing. Sadly, I didn't have any shoes that went with that colour, even though it made my body look like Adonis. It was beautiful, (laughs) but it was also absolutely pointless. Other than that, also bought a pair of black Gucci loafers in 2002, uh, the effect of which was absolutely pointless because I went, when I went to an extraordinarily expensive offsite uh, for the company that I ran, whose board of directors insisted we went to, which is the same place that I believe the perfumer affair was discovered, um, the lawyer who attended said I was wearing a pair of fake Gucci loafers. So the effect was completely <gasps> ruined. And then, of course, I had a white Hugo Boss suit. Now, when I was at my lightest in 2002, I looked immense. When I went to Japan in 2002, I wore that white suit. I looked amazing. But then when I went to uh, California and wore that white two-piece suit, my contemporary said I look like a waiter. So that white suit <laughs> by Hugo Boss has not been worn since. I could go on. But how long do you have? My whole life has been cringe, and I'm proud of it. Wow. I don't have any answers anywhere near that good. The best things I could come up with is like, I don't know, I bought like a, my the current car I own, which is a Volkswagen GTI, and Casey List somewhere out there is really excited about that, um, which is now 10 years old, so it's not like it's a brand new car. But like, it's definitely more car than I needed. When I bought it, it was fancy. I replaced a Honda Accord, right? So like, it was definitely a step up, and maybe I didn't need that much car, but I still enjoy it. So I guess, I don't know if that's, that's cringy enough. I was looking for clothes stuff, but anybody who's ever seen me in person knows I don't clearly don't spend anything on clothes. So that's not a great example either. Uh, Like Micah, I've spent a lot of money on Apple gear over the years. And I think most recently, I bought myself a, a studio Apple Studio display, which, you know, for the price tag, you could get a better display probably for cheaper. But, you know, I just, I just like I like having the Apple Studio display. It's got the little Apple logo on it. I mean, what's not to love? So I have spent a lot of money on Apple gear throughout the years, probably in times when I didn't need to. Um, but, you know, like Shahid, I, I feel like I don't regret anything. I made all good decisions. Either that or the cognitive dissonance reduction is kicking in pretty hard there. Christina? <laughs> I'm sure you've got a good answer for us. Yeah. So Shahid, I think that you and I actually are like, uh, we should become best friends because I have the same subscription problem you have and I have the same cringe (laughs) problem you have because yeah, like you, I'm just a cringe person. I was trying to think like the amount of money I've spent on clothing, uh, various things over the course of my life is absurd. I mean, people and, and also like Dan, like I have the studio display, not the greatest display, really terrible camera, looks nice on my desk, but I have that. I think though, I think though the thing that will probably that I will like say for this, since you mentioned like your some of your Gucci uh stuff, um, I bought a Gucci belt bag in 2019 when I was in Dubai and I loved it and it was great. It's this red leather color and I loved it. But the reason that I got it was my friend Allison had told me that I could not buy this when I tried to buy it in America. She was like, You cannot spend a thousand dollars on this. 
And then she was not with me and I was with, with two guys. So I did. And, and, uh, and so I had people who enabled my madness and and she had to grudgingly like accept that it did look good, but it's also really cringe because it's, it's a thousand dollar belt bag that has Gucci emblazoned on it, which just makes you look like the biggest, you know, douchebag on the planet. Like I will fully own that. So, so it's, it's that super cringe. So I think that's, that's the most recent one that's coming to mind. Well, that is two topics down and two topics left to go. And it is halftime here at Clockwise. And this week, uh, our show is brought to you by, you know, listeners like you. You folks are all awesome. Thanks for uh, tuning in every week. And those of you who support our membership program, we really appreciate it. And as a result, we're going to keep it short and sweet and uh, have finish up halftime and turn things over to Micah. There has been a a bit of new news about ads in the App Store uh, coming to new places in the App Store. Uh, But, of course, long-time inclusion of ads on social media, ads on news sites. My question for you, do ads work? Do they work on you? And what is the last thing you purchased, downloaded, or tried because of an advertisement? Uh, Shahid, we'll start with you. Okay, so ads do and don't work. Uh, It depends on the platform. For me, Twitter is awful at finding adverts that are relevant to me, which is unbelievable because it's the social media service that I use the most. But I literally never see a single ad that I want to click on. Whereas uh, Instagram and Facebook, for some reason, despite being the services I use the least, seem to know me inside out. Funny Mm -hmm. that, huh? But anyway, I have actually bought stuff off Instagram and YouTube. And the interesting thing for me is when the landing page was something like Kickstarter, the product would almost invariably turn out to be excellent. But if it was Indiegogo, it would almost invariably turn out to be awful. So I've been stung by that. I don't go for the Indiegogo stuff anymore. But yeah, Facebook slash Instagram know me very well. Interestingly, Google, who should be really, really good at this, I seem to distrust. So I never even look at the ads. And the fact that they're always placed near the top of search means I ignore them anyway. I, I'm with you, Shade. I The Instagram ads, for some reason, not only are they seem really well targeted, but I guess there's something just about the the video, you know, style of them usually that is mm. eye grabbing. Even if you don't want to, you get sucked in as you're doing that scroll through Instagram. So I definitely feel like I click on a lot more ads in Instagram, and I'm always like, oh, it's harmless. How much could they find out about me? And the answer is everything. They know everything. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember the last thing I actually bought through an ad. I struggle to recall. I mean, I definitely have seen all the. the like the Kickstarter and crowdfunding ones. And every once in a while, I see something that's really kind of wacky and appealing through those. But I I generally don't buy stuff through ads. But I will say they do tend to be those things that if they do have the subconscious influence, right? So like later on, if you're looking at a product or you're thinking about buying something, those things, they creep in your head. They become insidious like that. So I think that's the way that advertising really does work is that it at least makes you know that that product exists out there. And if it's targeted well, when you do find yourself thinking, oh, you know, I need a thing to do X, you're like, oh, wait, I just saw a thing on Instagram about that. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I'm, st- I'm struggling to remember what the last thing I actually bought from an ad is, but um, I've definitely done it. Um, I usually just don't do it like right away. I, I have a little bit of impulse control, but not a lot. Christina, what about you? Yeah, I am definitely also like the Instagram ads tend to be the the better ones. They they know me shockingly well, even though, you know, I try to turn off all of the you know tracking stuff with them. They do tend to know me well. And I have bought things off of them before, usually T-shirts, 
um, or, or sometimes weird little gadget things that look like it might be useful. And it may or may not be. Oftentimes, like I'll buy something, I'll forget about it. I'm like, oh, what is this even? Like, how, how did this happen? I was like, oh, yeah, Instagram ad. Um, so, but, but I think that like, does advertising work on me? Yeah, it depends on what it is. I will say historically, it's been a while because at this point, I think I've bought most of the things that are advertised on podcasts, <laughs> but, but I've definitely, True. but, True. but I've definitely like fallen victim to like, you know, like I would listen to a podcast and I'd be like, oh yeah, I've bought everything that they're talking about, right? Like my razor, my mattress, my, you know, like water purification, like whatever you want to say, you know, be like, oh, yep, I, I got that. So, I usually actually side eye people who say they're not impacted by advertising because we all are. But in terms of like direct click to buy, I, I can't remember the exact last thing, but it was probably some sort of ironic shirt that I saw on Instagram, is if, if I had to guess. Yeah, Christina, I think that you perfectly uh, th- that that is exactly how I think it tends to work is people don't necessarily connect the two and it ends up coming later. And, and Dan, I think you touched on that a little bit, too. It's um when I think about, uh, I think probably the first ad that ever worked on me uh, that I can remember and truly like tie it back to something would have been hearing about Text Expander on uh, shows, uh, probably Mac uh, MacBreak Weekly, way, way, way when I was back in high school. And I ended up getting Text Expander at that point and realizing how incredible it was and then using it from that point on. Um, and I do think that it's kind of one of those after a while, it creeps in. And in fact, I've noticed that anytime I've interacted with an ad on Instagram, for example, um, I then they purposely will show you that ad or similar ads uh, several times because there's some theory about if you are reinforced, I think it's like five or six times, then it's usually on the fifth or sixth time that you actually do something about it. Uh, The last thing that I sort of went from an ad to actually purchasing was this ridiculous company called potato parcel, uh, that I saw on Instagram where they will get a potato and they will like laser etch into the potato with a message or a photo or something else and then send it to someone. And so (laughs) it's really goofy, but a potato will arrive and it will have a message on it for somebody. And I think that's hilarious. So I had to, I had to go through with that. Um, All right. Thank you all for your answers on that. Ads do work. Uh, Let us go to our final uh, show topic, which comes from Shahid. So uh, very quickly, before I go into my question, I should add, and I I don't know why I forgot this, that podcast advertising really works for me because I'm already listening to a show that I know appeals to me and therefore the advertisers seem to be much more uh, focused on the kind of audience that, that they have. I have bought quite a lot of stuff of podcast adverts, which I know sounds like me trying to sell something, but I'm not, given that you didn't have a halftime advertiser. So it's me just remembering that I have done that. But my question, so with Elon Musk having finally bought Twitter, has he bitten off more than he can chew? Is Twitter doomed anyway? And if you could change one thing about Twitter, what might that be? If I could change one thing about Twitter, it would be uh, getting rid of all the people who harass people who mm-hmm. just there to have a good time. Um has Elon, oh boy, has Elon finally been off more than you? I, part of me thinks so, but I've seen other cases where people can snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. And I, you know, I'm skeptical that anything that I would perhaps root for this hard will actually come to pass. I think that the indications of this last week of watching what's developed in, uh, you know, the aftermath of his purchase shows that 
I'm not sure he understands what Twitter is about, despite it being someone who tweets profusely uh, and seems to really enjoy the legions of people who jump to his defense, if you so much as mention his name. I don't think he really understands Twitter all that well. I mean, the whole thing over verification, as Christine touched upon earlier, I think that's a mistake. Um, you know, there is a status angle to it, to be sure, but it's also a really important thing for uh, people like journalists who break news on Twitter or people like, you know, celebrities who don't want to be impersonated on Twitter, which is itself a benefit to Twitter because if they can point it and say, like, look, we actually have Stephen King here as opposed to we have 10 accounts. We're not sure which of them is Stephen King, but really could be any of them. Um, that doesn't really help them that much. So I, I have yet to see him make any moves that I feel like are good for this company long term. That said, Twitter has had a lot of problems for the last uh, you know 15 years of its life in terms of how it's run, in terms of how it tries to make money. So, you know, turning it into a private company is not the worst idea around, but I just I kind of wish somebody else had done it. <laughs> Christina? I mean, look, Elon, and this is just projecting because I don't know the guy. I, th I think I've met him once when, when he came into the Mashable offices like a decade ago, and, and which were very different times. Uh, and he was a very different figure than, although it, it was a lot easier to root for him then. Um, <laughs> I, I think he strikes me as the type of person who thinks he's the smartest person in the room and he can kind of take on anything and, and, and has the power to make everything simplified and fix it all. And it's kind of a know it all. I feel like Nilay Patel at The Verge had a really good article kind of outlining a lot of what Twitter's challenges are. I think they're immense. I also have known a lot of people who, uh, some who still work there, but uh, a, quite a large number who used to work there, including people who were fairly high up, who fought for a lot, a lot of the challenges that he's going to face. And so I, I don't know if he's bit off more than he can chew. I think this is more than almost anyone could chew. So... If I was a betting person, I would say that this is probably going to be sold to private equity once he gets bored with it. But look, this whole saga of the last six months has been absolutely bananas and bonkers to watch. So I don't really want to predict anything. Yeah. Uh, but but I would say I do feel like this is definitely one of those times when this is by even if it hadn't been a lawn, I think any person taking this on would have had an enormous undertaking on their hands. Uh, and I think that when when you add the complications related to his personality, to all of this, that only makes it that much more complicated. So yeah, I, I think that this, at the very very least, it's going to be interesting for all of us as, as we watch it unfold in real time. I think, Christina, you put it very well there at the end, especially with uh, how his personality factors into this. I think if it was somebody who individually purchased Twitter because they really liked the platform and they thought that they could do it better uh, or fix it or whatever, um, that I would have, I don't know, more hope or something. But there's something about Elon's personality and some of the behavior that we've seen in the past and the fact that he seems to get bored with things very quickly that leaves me very little room for uh, faith that <laughs> something is going to change for the positive. The one thing that I will say about the situation that I found fascinating and that I wasn't expecting is there's the appearance of Elon listening to some people who are reacting. And you typically don't see that. You know, you can't go on Twitter and tweet at Tim Cook and say, ah, uh, it should come in green 
And then uh, two days later, there are engineers working on, you know, the green phone to come out later the same year. It doesn't work that way typically with these companies or Google. Uh, you tweet it anybody there and say, bring back Google Reader, and then Google Reader comes back. But it has been fascinating to see people kind of respond to that $20 uh, a month or whatever it was originally going to be. And then uh, him saying, uh, actually, we're going to do $8 and blah, 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 blah. That part's been fascinating to me. But I think that what keeps him interested right now is the fact that so many people uh, are <laughs> like, he seems to be the type of person that when he's poking that wasp's nest, the only way he's going to continue to poke the wasp's nest is if the wasps keep stinging. If they go away, if they fly away, then he's going to get bored with the wasp's nest and move on to something else. So because so many people kind of are reacting to his uh, choices and his behaviors, I think that keeps him engaged. And it will be fascinating to see how long that lasts or if people just end up going, OK, he's really not done what anyone is expecting. We're just going to ignore him now and move on to something else, in which case he won't have any wasps stinging him and he'll have to find something else to mess around with. Uh, Shahid, what, what are your closing thoughts on this? Well, I think uh, Elon has always bitten off more than he can chew. That's his life. Every challenge he's undertaken has seemed absolutely impossible. Uh, but all of the previous challenges have been technological challenges ones that can be solved from what he calls first principles, right? Start at the absolute base level and reason your way up from there. But you can't do that with Twitter because Twitter is people and Twitter is personalities and Twitter is global. And as we know, this whole public square thing, when it's completely unmediated and subject to various local laws, is extremely hard to get any kind of consistency across. Is Twitter doomed anyway? Well, I don't think social media companies, especially the larger ones, are doomed in the way that perhaps in the early days, companies like MySpace and, and Bebo were ultimately doomed. I think what happens now is that something new comes along. And when that new thing comes along, it grows exceptionally fast, the way Instagram did, the way TikTok did. And then other social media companies start to erode a little bit. And then they try and add the features that the upstart has brought in. So I don't think Twitter is necessarily doomed. And if there's one thing I could change about Twitter, um, I, I don't think I would, you know, because I think it's been amazingly successful despite all of our moaning about it and complaining. Yes, it can be toxic. Yes, there are some real idiots there. Yes, we'd really like it if um, fascism went away. That would be nice. Thank you very much. But despite all that, we're all still on it. All right, that is four topics down. We have just enough time for a bonus topic. So I want to know, is there a food you didn't like as a kid that you love now, Christina? Okay, so I was a picky eater as a kid. I'm still a picky eater as an adult, but not as bad. I don't know if there's anything that I didn't like as a kid that I love now, except, I mean, I really did come, I did come around to broccoli quite a bit. That's probably one of the big ones i would say but some of the, the the solid like will not eat will not touch foods as a kid are most of them are still there uh but uh but i but i will eat broccoli now so that's like yay for for small victories i guess <laughs> Uh, mine would be bell peppers or capsicum depending on where you live i did they were gross they made me uh, wretch as a kid. Uh, but now I think they're fantastic in all sorts of forms, be they 
uh, fresh and crisp or cooked in foods or what have you. Ugh, they're delicious. They're colorful. They're fun. And I think they're great. Shahid? Well, everything that my mum told me was good for me when I was young <laughs> and I couldn't stand. I, don't, I wouldn't say I love them now. Things like ginger, things like garlic, um, things like green vegetables and, and a few other things as well, particularly lentils. I didn't like at all and I never thought I would like them. And I'm not saying I love them now, though if you do them right, they can be amazing. But I recognize the wisdom in some of that old school food therapy thing. I, I have to say, uh, Shia, when you said for a second ginger, I only got the first thing. I think gin, you know, gin's great for you. I have no problems with gin. <laughs> love it. I love it now. Uh, no, uh, like Christina, I was a very picky eater as a kid and I basically wouldn't eat anything like green or vegetable related, most of which I've come around mm -hmm. on right now. I think spending more time cooking as an adult has really sold me on a lot of that. So I would put both in, um, I would say asparagus, one of my favorite vegetables now. I did not, would not have eaten that as a kid. What? It looks like a green tree. That's terrible um and then onions are something that i've really come around on um i still don't really love raw onions but pickled or cooked onions i actually have uh, kind of kind of developed an appreciation for so yeah there's hope for everybody i'm just trying to figure out how to convince my kid to you know not go down the path that i went down that's my next uh, my next plan Hey, if you'd like to get ad-free episodes with an extra overtime topic every week, you can become a Clockwise member. Just go to relay.fm slash clockwise and you can sign up for just $5 a month or $50 a year and you'll help support the show. In this week's overtime topic, we discuss cables, dongles, and adapters. And we have reached the end of our show. All that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guest this week. Christina Warren, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This was great. And Shahid Kamal Ahmad, thank you so much for joining us today. Pleasure as always. And Micah will be back next week um, with all of our cables intact. But until then, <laughs> we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. <laughs>